0: Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode two of season four of This Osteopathic Life. I've thought about this episode for quite a while, and perhaps you have as well. I thank you for your patience And I've gone through all the different iterations of thinking, testing, testing, one, two, is this thing on? And told myself I wouldn't do them, but there was the example of doing them anyway. But here I am after a bit of a pause. And sometimes that is what is required. We actually had an episode about the grand pause back in the early times of the COVID pandemic during season two. And sometimes that is what is called for and we step into it whether expectedly or unexpectedly and we reemerge when the time is right there have been a few reentry moments that have arisen for me and obviously did not come to fruition because this episode is now arriving here on this day and just thinking back through that so we began season 4 episode 1 really with the conversations episode On the birthday of the podcast, of my own birthday, of Dr. Daigle's birthday, who joined me as a guest on that episode, and then stepped in, in the days following, into that expanding expectations space. And since that time, in early February, I've thought about different moments. Two weeks later, the launch of March, my baptismal day, which we could look at as a secondary birthday and reemergence opportunity, the first day of spring, that equinox experience, looking at the past version of that in the autumnal equinox when we talk about the swim challenge on the 22nd of the month, looking at all these numeric iterations that have been so powerful, and it just was never quite right. And I believe I've even used this analogy in the past of entry into jump roping, more specifically into double dutch jump roping. And I was always excellent at spinning the rope, but always intimidated at finding the way to jump in and to not become entangled in the two ropes, spinning in this pattern against one another and finding a space in between. It was astonishing to me to learn that my oldest son had developed this skill in double dutch last year during a school event, and then it was an of course moment he finds his way into lots of different athletic encounters and admiring his capacity to find that moment and jump in. And when it didn't work, right, to back out and then to re-enter when ready, trusting himself to find that space, even if it didn't work exactly as he planned the first time. And so here we are today on the 2nd of April. And yesterday was also a re-entry moment potential, but it felt a little bit loaded to start on April Fool's Day and to think, are we actually really here? And what came up for me in beginning today was stepping into a space of deeper introspection and reflection and the concept of tuning in. And as you know, if you've been with me for any previous episodes, looking at words and turn of phrase and possible definitions and ways in which these concepts resonate for us, is a key space for me and hopefully for you as a listener through this experience. And so if we think about that practice of tuning in and deciding what it is, we choose to acknowledge to what we decide to listen. And what are some of those relative guideposts? And so if I take just the first part of that phrase and think about tuning, automatically I come into a musical space and thinking about tuning instruments, which in our household, we each play a stringed instrument. And this winter has proven a bit challenging to keep them in tune, fluctuations in temperature and humidity and transport. And so we've done a lot of tuning and often it's fine tuning. If you've played violin or viola or cello, you'll know that there are little fine tuners right down near the bottom of the instrument below the bridge, and that's when you need to make just minor adjustments. And then there are the pegs up top for when you need to make more significant adjustments, and we've had to use the pegs more often this season. And interestingly enough, my daughter's violin, one of the pegs broke and we had to have it replaced and they replaced all of them. And there's an adjustment period, right? Adapting to the new fit of those pegs and trying to keep them in place. So while you might be able to make the adjustment, they may slip out because that relationship of the peg in the opening is new. And the instrument adapts. And again, there are fluctuations in the size of these spaces based on temperature and humidity. And so we've had to make adjustments and be willing to check back in if you ever attended a concert right, you'll see the concert master stand up and call for the oboist to provide the A to the string instruments or provide it him or herself if there is simply a chamber group and there are no winds involved and so there is the experience of having that person who is giving the note to which the rest of the ensemble tunes to have their instrument in tune first And so just noticing who it is that we adjust ourselves to. And is that note resonant? And then we tune the first string and then we tune all the others relative to that. And so we could see that there can be some increased room for error each time you go through, but you're looking for harmonics. You're looking for that resonance between the strings, between the notes, so that all of them sound together. All of them are in tune and attuned to the appropriate note to each other. And if that note is sounded throughout the ensemble, it would resonate. One thing I love is the experience in that act of tuning is that you can create movement, vibration on one string when you play the note of that string on a different string. So you don't always have to have direct contact, direct input to a certain space to sound a note. When it matches, when there is resonance, it will reverberate on a broader scale. And so all of that to say, thinking about the opportunity we have to tune in to ourselves, to that which is happening around us, to find those resonant notes, To recognize the importance of that initial note that gives us the relative reference point about which we might majorly or minorly, grossly or fine tune all of those strings, all those notes within us. And then to take a moment to allow for that resonance, right? Even after the bow has stopped being pulled across the string, you can still hear the power of those notes in the air around you and I'm curious for you who might serve as that initial reference point so to whom do you look for that note to which you are tuning and for some that might be family values right it might be some key and core components of how you govern and tune your life it might be from a religious or a spiritual perspective. There might be some key and core principles that are guideposts for you. And you sometimes fine-tune to adjust and find your way to resonate with them. Sometimes you have to turn the pegs. Perhaps you have gotten off course. Perhaps the season has shifted and things have adjusted in new ways. And you bring that back. Perhaps it is the relationships and the people around you. Perhaps it is philosophy and learning perhaps it is science and core principles there so thinking about that initial sounding note to which you then tune and make adjustments accordingly and can you hear it so some people in music have a perfect pitch and this can happen in a couple different ways they might be able to hear a note and name it very accurately they might be able to reproduce it automatically. And this actually, I think I've shared with you in the past, was a hang up for me in my attempts at a music major when someone requested of me, where my teacher, not someone, my teacher requested me to sing a C sharp. I thought, what? Right? Like, I, if I have a bow and the cello, like I could play you a C sharp, but just out of nowhere. And now I think about that and I recognize what can be trained, what well, for some is automatic. And thinking, even now, like, why was that so? intimidating. And much of it comes from that sense of lack of self-trust, the idea that there's only one way that I can do this, right? That I hadn't been asked that before. So an assumption that's nope, right? Unless I have the cello here, I can't make this happen. And so just tuning into that and recognizing when you might discount your capacity When you might make an assumption that you need something or someone else to guide you. And when you can tune in and let yourself try, right? Sing a note and make an adjustment accordingly. When you can learn it and practice it, right? So maybe you need the reference point and to hear different notes and name them differently and reproduce them differently. To acknowledge when it might be more natural, there might be more ease for someone and not hold yourself to a standard that doesn't make sense, right? And if you've ever watched some of the perfect pitch challenges online, it's fascinating. And some can simply hear it, you know, when a note will be played and they say, oh, no, that's off. It's a half step off from where it should be. Or again, when they're asked, they can absolutely sing that note on demand and to honor and appreciate that. And if that's available to you, honor and appreciate that. If it is not immediately available to you, know that you don't need to compare yourself to that and also consider if it is something that might be accessible to you over time and with practice. So just tuning in to your capacity and to that which is available in the world, to that which might look different to others, and to check in and see if that becomes a source of shame or blame and instead might simply be an opportunity to recognize different skills and different opportunities. So we're thinking about tuning in and playing in tune and making those adjustments. So let's say the instrument at baseline has been tuned. All the strings resonate appropriately relative to one another, relative to other instruments, relative to the appropriate sound and scale and frequency and reverberation of a particular note. And then, you begin to play. And here there enters the opportunity to make constant and consistent adjustments, again, micro or macro, to ensure your fingers are in the right place and you're playing in tune and you're tuning in. And when you're in ensemble, then it's making those adjustments within the group and hearing one another. And ideally, if you're playing, let's say, in a chamber group with multiple numbers of each instrument in that group. You want it to sound like one. If there are eight cello playing, celli, we want to hear one in that space. And that requires each of those musicians to be aware and to be tuning in to themselves and making those adjustments throughout. And now let's take a bit of a shift from the musical space, which is such a great launch point. So many opportunities to learn from the practice of music, the performance of music, the power of music. So I have so much gratitude for that aspect of my life and that my children are able to engage and learn from that and to watch their progress. Truly a beautiful thing. If we go to definition of tuning in, One that comes up is to listen to or view a broadcast. So right now, are you tuning in to this podcast? And thank you for doing so. And thinking about that, so to what are you tuning in? And let's take this iteration. So what podcasts are on your playlist? What shows are you following? And if you took the 10 most recent that you have listened to, if you look at that, what is that bibliography saying about your current space and state in this time of your life? And noticing, are we listening to it for connection, for education, for professional expansion, for personal enrichment? Was it recommended to you by a colleague or a classmate or a relative? Do you listen consistently? Is this one no matter what, every week or every time a new episode is released, you are there and you are tuning in. Is it one that you check back with periodically? Do you notice that you listen to them in certain moments? Are ones supportive of your time of exercise or some helpful in waking up or unwinding to go to bed? Is there one that you listen to and then discuss with someone else? So just checking in, noticing what it is that draws you in, what it is you choose to tune into, and what it's offering you. What is the opportunity that comes to you from those podcasts? Let's think about tuning in from a visual perspective. And it's an interesting time in the world, and I will date myself some, but let's go back to when there was television (laughs) in real time. I know it still exists, but for many of us, we're in the streaming space. But if you think about a time, and maybe this is still true for you. So if you're still in this moment, when you tune into a show at a particular time and thinking about when we didn't have the luxury of the DVR experience, right? And having these recorded and having them live stream and access at any time. But when you had to tune in at a certain time, certain day, certain hour, what was that show or what were the shows? that really drew you in and then offer to yourself the opportunity to think about why, Was it funny? Was it romantic? Was it sad? Was it connecting? And did you watch it with other people live in that time? Did you watch it and then discuss it at work the next day with your peers? Did it reflect the current stage in your life? Did it reflect something you hoped to have in your future? to reflect a world that seemed completely inaccessible, but was a great way to escape the present moment. What were those shows and what were the reasons? And I can think of a number of them. I think about, I did watch reruns, even though they were at certain times, right? When you watch the reruns of them, I think about TGIF. I think about the musty TV on Thursday nights and the people with whom I watched those directly and those I knew were watching them at the same time, and we could have that shared experience even from afar. I remember those challenges of not talking about the episode in advance. I remember when exams happened, and I couldn't watch the shows in real time, but I would put in my trusty VHS and set the timer to record. So just all of those experiences and what they represent in different chapters of our lives and how it's interesting to see when they do match, I think about Grey's Anatomy happening in time with my start of medical school and actually a few times what they would discuss we had just talked about in Anatomy Lab that day and it seemed a little eerie, but it also made you feel connected to that experience and also thinking about all those first-year med students and interns all around the country sharing that at the same time. So just recognizing what draws you in And thinking about the why and thinking about the opportunity for connection. And now we can shift to the more common way we see things visually now in the streaming space. So when you do have access to something all at once, right? You could watch all the episodes, all the seasons of a show really in one sitting (laughs) for how much time and space you can afford for that or choose to spend and invest with that show. And so what are you watching there? And which ones do pull you in so that you do want to watch it back to back to back, right? We can talk about the psychological and sociological purpose of the way these websites and streaming networks are designed, but also, right, which shows really speak to you? And again, is it because it really mirrors and reflects your life? Is it because it is so divergent that it's great to just be in a different world for a time? Who did recommend that show? And where might you be surprised with what has been recommended to you by a certain person? And which ones perhaps did you expect to really like and tune into? And then when you started, it just didn't resonate. And Did you choose to continue? Or were you able to say, you know, this is not for me and to step away from that? So just noticing there how we tune in differently and how we do ration our time and choose to invest in something when it is readily available and accessible and can be repeated and rewatched over and over again. Just seeing what draws you in there. Thinking about musically. Again, historically, we were offered what was played to us on the radio by a DJ, maybe sometimes by request, waiting for a particular song, having a favorite station, thinking about talk radio and news in that way. Again, still available Perhaps not as prevalent because we now also have access to streaming of any music. Immediately, on demand, any request you have can be played for you in that moment. And just thinking about that, even talking with my kids about it, when they think, what? Like you had to wait for a certain song? You couldn't just automatically ask for it to play at any time? And just seeing that, so what music do you tune into? And this one, for me, is the most powerful at drawing in those past times of our life, those immediate associations. Right, The first day that it was sunny outside in the early days of spring, latest days of winter here in northern Michigan, I had to turn on Weezer. And the gift there of the streaming space is if you choose that station, it will pull all songs from that time. And it was immediately back to you know those first track workouts of the season and The time in college when really the semester was ending, things ended quite early in college and you were just barely getting into the warmer days and you're just taken back to these moments in time. Music has that power to transport and thinking about on gloomier days, right? What you might draw up and what that speaks to. When you hear a song and it reminds you of a certain time in your life, what is it that you're tuning into? And which ones are you calling upon? Are you making that request? Are you putting on whatever device you're using? And which ones as they are played for you in whatever environment? I think about some recent yoga classes I've attended. And the music has been so powerful and in line and in tune with the experience of yoga, but also bringing me back to those different spaces and times in my life and just thinking how much is imprinted upon us at that soundtrack of our lives and the opportunity we have to nurture ourselves through music. So we can't can't get away from it, right? Music that soundtrack of our lives. So recognizing there, perhaps what you're tuning into and being broadcast is the news space. And here maybe how are you receiving that? Is it in print, right? Perhaps still on some form of paper or likely on some type of electronic device? or through the airwaves, or through TV broadcast systems. So just noticing, what is the way in which I choose to consume news in this moment? What are my resources? Again, who is that relative reference point? Who is giving me that A to which I'm now tuning in my awareness of current events? Where am I aligning myself to what am I tuning in? And then in general, the broadcasts of life experience. So tuning in to relationships and ways of being in the world around us, tuning into the current events of your local space, tuning into what is happening around you. And that is actually the second definition offered up. Merriam-Webster right, even offers us these definitions for phrases. To associate oneself with what is happening Or one's surroundings. So let's build on that which we were just discussing and think about tuning in and how you are doing so in your current environment and thinking about that with which you are associating. So, is it certain activities? And are these consistent over the arc of your life, over this phase of your life? Is it certain social groups? Same question there. Are these consistent? Are you with friends you've known for years and years? Are you developing new circles there? And what are the characteristics, the qualities, the values? What are those commonalities? And perhaps what are those divergent points? Are you building diversity and enriching your experience by shifting the nature of the relationships that you have in your life? Is it certain activities certain ways of being, certain schedules, certain timelines, to what are you tuning in? And what are you noticing? In the courses that I teach, we talk about becoming master noticers. And so even if you're not changing much of what you're doing, there's always the opportunity to begin to shift and heighten your awareness as to what is happening in the world around you. I had the opportunity recently to drive in a fog and interesting, right? That turn of phrase, opportunity to (laughs) drive in a fog, but that was what was presented to me and it was pretty dense and I would say a few feet of visibility and in that time it was required of me to be very tuned into my surroundings and in different ways so many times right when you're driving, you're looking ahead, your reference points are much farther out in the environment. Here, it, I was very grateful right, that we choose to have lines on the road that can reflect the light from the car to give you guideposts because that was really the main landmark available to guide that moment. So tuning into my surroundings required me to be a master noticer that it was absolutely foggy. Visibility in the traditional sense was not necessarily available. This was the fog right where if you turn on your bright lights, it made it worse. You could see even less. And so being willing to slow down, use those lines on the side of the road as landmarks and to also readjust, right? So I'm tuned into my surroundings so that I wasn't expecting, if I'm expecting to rely on visibility in the traditional way, it wasn't available to me. And that could be quite unsettling. It can also be quite unsafe because you're looking for landmarks in different ways than are actually available. And so adjusting to that, tuning into the surroundings in such a way that I can reliably utilize that which is available and make adjustments in the rate at which I was traveling. I take a pause as necessary, know what I needed to do with windshield wipers and with lights. So tuning in to the surroundings and fog is such an interesting experience. Because you can often take for granted what is available and visible to you in your environment, how much we rely on and how much it does serve as guidance. And then it can also offer the opportunity to be simply right where you are. You can't be anywhere else than in that little bubble of one or two feet and continuing to move forward in that way. So it brings you into that present moment. And then when it's lifted, Having been through that experience of the density, there's so much more appreciation for the capacity to see beyond, right? And to be able to hold space, yes, for that present moment and to be there, but also to be able to look up and to be able to look beyond and to be able to move with a little more ease, not having to calculate each little step that you're taking. And sometimes or right, you might not know that you're in the fog until you're out of it and then you recognize oh that was what was happening i wasn't able to have any further perspective i assumed this was just how you traveled right one step at a time follow this line and move and so just recognizing or right? tuning into the surroundings and that experience and so as we set forth into this fourth season in the episodes as they emerge the plan the anticipation right by tuning in to what is possible is to release the solo episodes again here on Saturdays that's where we are today and the conversations episode on Tuesdays and thank you to my guests we have recorded some and we have many on the schedule so i look forward to those episodes putting those out on tuesday and we'll resume right we'll tune into our current surroundings and release as feels appropriate. So again I thank you for your patience. I thank you for tuning in here today and encourage you to examine the opportunities you have to tune in to yourself. Tune into your surroundings tune into that which is being broadcast in the world and be thoughtful to notice why and who and how and what you would like to most be connected with in this time and as we journey through we'll continue to tune into health on all the different frequencies it presents itself and I thank you for joining me here today for joining me these past four seasons and I look forward to seeing how tuning in guides us into resonance as we move forward together this is Dr. Amelia Beeky with This Osteopathic Life thank you for listening